Thanks for joining us again. The final part of the Fear Street trilogy, Jared. We've been talking about it for fucking two weeks. You told me I needed to slow my roll a touch and get to the end <laughs> because I was slightly upset with the, the second film. Mm. So we've 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 got to the end of it. So we now have the whole thing. We can sort of digest what went on. Before we get to that, though, I think we have to actually do an up or down because we have not spoken about this, and we fucking should have. But the trailer to Halloween Kills was released a couple of weeks ago, was it not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty up. Yeah, I, do you need to ask a question? No, I don't think anyone <laughs> needs to ask the question, but just that opening shit of him coming out in the fire and everything and taking out the fire guys. Yeah. Just look fucking gold. Yeah. It obviously looks like it's quite a bit more violent, I would suggest. Yeah, it does. It looks like it's taking things up a notch in, in that department. As we kind of mentioned, classic Blumhouse, so just, just, I mean... Is there any kill in the movie that they didn't show us? True, that's a bit of a <laughs> but worry. that's what they do. We know that by now, and it, it hasn't dulled my enthusiasm at all. No. I'm excited. Looks yeah. like another stylish kind of uh, yeah. stylish kind of take on it. As you said, ramps things up in, in the... He just looks a bit more brutal. To be honest, it reminded me a little bit of some, some of the Rob Zombie parts. Yes. And the thing for me is I'm interested to see where this whole idea of the town you know, the, the town sort of turning against, turning into a vigilante group, which seems to be what they were insinuating, mm. is what, what will go on, is that the town of Haddonfield sort of becomes like vigilantes in an effort to find him or whatever, or to take him out. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. The cop with the cowboy hat's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, you know, he looks like he's hanging around. Looks a little bit, I'll get a couple of, couple of Crate and Juke vibes there. Is he going to break anyone's <laughs> fingers to get fucking evidence, uh, information? Possibly. Or provide knows? information? We'll see. He might, he might be doing some of that sort of work. I still don't understand that. No. <laughs> I still am not putting my hand through the bars. No, I'm saying, listen, right. I don't understand the fucking bib and flow yeah. of this. After he breaks <laughs> my fingers, I'm sitting there going, you needed me at full strength. Yeah. Like, now you fucked yourself, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, get him with that knife. I can't pick it up. You <laughs> fucking like idiot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I tried to. I just dropped it. <laughs> yeah, he's back. Yep. See, I would have liked to, although I did like that character in the first film, and he, he was only in it briefly, but I would have liked to have had Will Patton still there mm. um, as a bit of a through thing. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested. Fucking. But then Dr. Sartain. <laughs> Fuck that up. Yeah, first, he didn't certainly he? did. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Anthony Michael Hall does with yeah um, well he's the one that doesn't Tommy Doyle he's been kind of not really there in the trailer yeah he's seen like once um, or twice I think so yeah that's that's the other thing for me that's still kind of you know holding us with a with yeah, a yeah. bit of something hopefully to give there's us. some things you know that we can it digs into a bit deeper and we get to we get to see a little bit more of that type of stuff and I'm assuming that a lot of it's a through line to Halloween ends yeah yeah of course. Oh, look, if Tommy Doyle's a fucking minion of Sartain's or something, you, you can forget it. I'm out. <laughs> what if he's a minion of Dr. Wynn? <laughs> he's still alive. Well, you know, we, we, you know my feelings on Halloween 6 have kind of swung around a little yeah, bit. So classic. I might love that. <laughs> you fucking done a massive 180 on it. 
I don't know about a massive 180. It's still got some You've got 90, <laughs> at least. No, I just changed my ranking between five and six. I, no, sorry, I believe you went up several steps. With yeah, six. I did, actually. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Last I heard, it was a number two. <laughs> did you give me a fucking sobriety test oh, before no, you no, that? Or? Yeah, but you outed yourself at the time saying, when we first ranked them, I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> So, I'm going to assume you were sober the first time. Yeah, well, I should have prefaced it this time saying I still don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> but I've turned around on things. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, definite, definite up. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, should and, be And, good. yeah, what the extra year hasn't dulled my enthusiasm at all. No, it's gone the other way. Yeah. It's gone like, because the same with this and this and Candyman. The two things that I was very much looking forward to, so I've just been fucking on edge for a yeah, year yeah. now trying to <laughs> wait for this shit. Yeah. If it's not up to par, I'm going to be slightly disappointed, though. Yeah, That's possibly. Yep. All right. Let's get into it. Here's the trailer for 2021's Fear Street Part 3, 1666. We can end the curse. For Shady Side. What the hell? You see it now. Sarah! The devil has come to feast on our misdeeds. And his darkness grows within each of us. Sarah Fear, you know nothing good comes from those woods after sundown. Fear Street Part 3, 1666, uh, from 2021, dropped yesterday, I believe. Mm -hmm. Same crew, same cast. Uh, The only addition that I could find was uh, the story, is, or the screenplay was also written by someone by the name of Kate Treefree, who um, wrote for Stranger Things. Which was, which is always good, and of course it's based on the Fear Street books by R. L. Stein. Not a lot of um. Or one of his ghosties, according to you. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> R. L. Stein Inc. You know, his writer's room <laughs> who wrote punched out some of this shit. Yep. There wasn't a lot of trivia. The only thing I could find was that uh, he visited the set during filming. Oh, Thanks good. for letting us know. <laughs> what is was he not was, was he not capable of? It's <laughs> a fucking surprise. <laughs> I thought he would have been there all the time, yeah. considering it's his property. But, uh, all right, okay, let's get into it. I'm going to start first, because I was measured about part one. <laughs> I was down on part two. I didn't think part two was that good at all. And then I was a bit concerned by this in initial phases before it came out. Thankfully, I've gone back up slightly. I actually found it to be on par with the first one. The, the first hour is a bit of a slog. There's not a lot of excitement, I guess. Mm. But it but does a nice enough job of creating some atmosphere. It ticks the boxes as to where we what we know and, and, and sort of rounds out the Sarah Fear side of it. 
and then it comes back to 94. And 94, the second part of 94, it rolls in with plenty of fun and nostalgia and stuff, just like I got with the first one. So I was pretty happy with what I ended up getting. Look, it doesn't do anything greatly outrageous. Like, there wasn't any twists where I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, like, there was a light twist that I thought was okay. Yeah. But there was nothing that kind of said to me, geez, okay, so that was, we really needed to wait for this to look back on the others in a a better light or a worse light. Mm. I think they all came across pretty much the way I I felt about them. Uh, No real changes based on what happens in the third one. But I, like, I thought the third one was pretty damn good. And actually, I'd probably go as far as to say it was probably my favourite one. Mm. Yeah. So I gave it three. Right. There you go. Couldn't even go to Snake Eyes. But... <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You fucking... <laughs> I'm stingy with Snake Eyes. <laughs> you mate. are. You, you give Snake Eyes to fuck anything. Well, funny you say that. I'm giving it to Snake Eyes. Three and a half for me. <laughs> Jesus. That seems to be my go-to. I know. Everything's a three and a half. I don't know what's happening. Uh, we're going to have to call you fucking Snake Eyes because <laughs> we brought that shit up about Maddie, but <laughs> you have become officially Snake Eyes. Yeah, but I feel like I'm giving them to movies that deserve them. Yeah, true. We've actually... The good thing is we've actually looked at some good films recently where the Snake Eyes could get, get you there. Yeah. When we cover Gary Busey's Bulletproof... I get the feeling you won't. <laughs> I get the feeling I probably won't. But no, look, I think it's basically just that that because that's what I had settled. I feel like I gave the first one a four based on the kind of excitement level. Then when we settled into the second one, I kind of stuck at that score because I've I've sort of being the continuations. Mm. I've sort of just almost started at a score and decided as I was going through whether it's going up or down or whatever. Yeah. And this one, I felt like it was it was the same. Same sort of quality. The one thing I'll disagree with is I think when I go and look back, it might change some of my feelings about part two. But I have to watch them again before I can yeah. say that for sure. I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't get any feeling of like I didn't go. Oh, shit, part two looks ten times better now that I've seen that. No, I didn't say better. I'm thinking worse. might it, might make it look worse. But I definitely think you know now that we've got them all together, it works as it works as one big. One big story. Like, I yeah. would like to sit down and just watch all three back to back because, I mean, they don't even bother with any any character, setting up any characters in the last one. We just no. get a name, but they rely on what they've set up beforehand. With, with, yeah, with the characters in the previous two, which actually wasn't a bad idea. Yeah, look, um, I mean, it cuts away a bit of the fat. Yeah, and it allows us to just go, all right, well, the start of this one is basically what we've been waiting for. What you've been you've been saying what we need to find out about Sarah Fear and as you said there wasn't a whole lot of big surprises there there was one twist that yeah I thought it I worked probably, out alright yeah it worked out alright I didn't didn't necessarily see it coming in the previous ones but I saw saw it sort of coming in a sense but not necessarily the character but then early on in this one it started to really be clear yeah. And then, as you said, once we got that information, we, we came back to the present day and we sorted it out. Yeah. And that was fun. So, yeah, I was pretty happy with it. I'm still feeling the similar sort of strengths. Like, the, the actors, I felt, did another really yeah. good job and probably covered over a few of the issues because they were very likable. So Yeah, yeah I, was, I agree with that. I went Snake Eyes again. Snake Eyes. Easy. It's just, look, it's, it's just it's down just, the line. It's easy. It's down, it's the, down line. the line. You know where to go. And if you don't give it to Snake Eyes, you probably won't get criticised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> All right. Look, as far as the cast and going into the likes and everything, 
I actually like the idea of having the entire cast back in sort of quasi-similar roles yep. in 1666. So you're getting a little bit of a comparison between that and 94 yeah. or 78. Yep. You're sort of seeing the, the same sort of characterisations. That's why I don't bother to really put in much effort there because they're kind of yeah, well, sort of touching back to the so They'd already film. done it and yeah. they expect you to watch them as a, as, a, as a set. As a set, yeah. And so I was happy with that. It also shows the qualities of the cast. Mm-hmm. That they could slip between the periods and still give us performances that I felt were natural, especially the main girl Dina. I yeah, don't have her name good. at hand, but she was really, really good. Her and her brother were both yeah, both good solid relationship. Yeah, I felt. I will disagree. Not disagree, but there is the the relationship between Sarah and was it Hannah this time around? Yeah, I think so. That did actually have some weight. And I think when we get to the point where, uh, and I'll bring it up later in the likes, when we get to a specific point, it actually has a little bit of sadness to it. Yes. There's a tinge to it that I, again, the acting is a, is a key strength to that. Yeah. But I think that that relationship is definitely handled mm. again. I, um, I think it was, uh, I mean, like you said, the the idea of using those pre-existing characters it was sound because it means you know we we relive what's going on, but we've already we're already attaching these character traits to these people based on who they were in the other Correct. films. And for the most part, it's it's pretty solid, yeah. except for maybe the bloke, uh, the one in part two who was, you know, Mister Mister Boy Next Door type. Then then goes off the deep end, and then they kind of in this one they take the crazy aspects, and he's the fucking town drunk, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> carrying on like a dildo. Yeah. yeah that was- <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mind one. it. I didn't mind it, but it was just kind of like, yeah. So they're not all they're not all as they were. Yeah, exactly. But a solid way to do it. Yeah. Um, well, it allowed us, as we said, just to get straight into the story and start working through that. Exactly. Production design again, top class. They do a really, really good job of getting the period details decent, selling us on the the time period, and I think they do. Once again, they did it in all three. A decent sort of look and feel for what we were after. Yeah, yeah. This one also comes with a bit of atmosphere mm. that I didn't find in the first two. Uh, maybe it's because it's kind of that slow burning, you know, uh, witch. You know, there's a witch, and you know, the whole period. Maybe that's why it works because I, I kind of like that whole idea of you know, but you're not carrying a torch; you're carrying a fucking you know a stick with fire on top of it, you know, to bring certain shadows and stuff to the table. And I think they work with that really well a couple of times. Yeah, I thought it was good. So there's a bit of atmosphere in it. And, this, I mean, this was the setting that I was kind of concerned about. Yeah. Because, you know, the other two had set themselves up as familiar, you know, homages to, to movies that we knew, whereas this one didn't quite have that as much, no. but I feel the same. I thought the setting worked out pretty well for it in the end, and they started to connect things to, you know, the 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 layout of the town in the modern day compared yeah. to the camp and then yeah. the mall and everything like that. I so thought was, they did a really good job there. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, just quietly, the evening of debauchery. Oh. Bring the berries too. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> I had a oh, couple. Yeah. The piss and looked like there was I an mean, orgy going on in yeah, the background. There was all sorts of shit happening, and then. <laughs> I mean, they eat a couple of berries and everything but the whistles and glow sticks yeah. comes out. They're fucking pinging <laughs> in the 1600s. 
And then, even funnier, we're marching a bloke who's got a raging fat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's just standing in the middle of the group. Why do I laugh at that? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) I just kind of looked at it. What popped into my head was... Remember when, when we danced at the, the, the soccer in here, right? Man, I had the biggest belly. <laughs> Classic, can't hardly wait. I couldn't stop laughing. I don't know why. Also, though, dude, look, in the future, bring your hessian crackers. <laughs> yeah, Keep that yeah. thing under wraps. Yeah, get it? Make your pants out of heavier fucking sack next time. <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cotton or fucking linen. <laughs> When you're free balling, and yeah, this is a tip for all players. If you're wearing linen spots and you've got no crackers on, expect an issue. <laughs> expect that you fucking towel rack. Your towel rack will be on display. Expect to be laughed out of the rage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a fucking rager, all right. I mean, that was per- that was a perfect setup for like a naked gun sort of thing. When he swings around and run away, he knocks up <laughs> <something> over. <laughs> He knocks a goblet of <laughs> He knocks a goblet of ale off the table. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, yeah that's I, mean, I would have definitely been there. This is what goes through my head. I say I had a couple of laughs and that's this is why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, what though? If anyone had knocked on my fucking door in the middle of the night and said, listen, we're heading down to the debauchery, fuck, get me. Yeah, yeah. Let me get my linens on. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know the password, but I was bloody, I'd be following people, whatever, (laughs) whatever I needed to do to get there. Yeah. Look, I'll make you a heavier pair of pants if that'll get me (laughs) a ticket into the the rager. Yeah, exactly, mate. It was a rager. I'm all over it. Really striking image that I found, and there was a couple of them in in this particular period that they do, when she is sort of, outed as being having done something immoral and she steps outside of her house and they do like a panning shot across from behind her and the whole town's sort of looking at her. Yeah. And there's fog and shit. Dominic Athena Gerard. But as they're panning, they're catching the entire town kind of standing there and looking at her and, and it's just heard the mother sort of screaming out. And I thought that was that's a really fucking effective shot. Yeah, I think we spoke a couple of times about the director, but she certainly has a certainly has a, a good style about what she's yes. doing, and I'm, yeah, I was pretty impressed. And she seems to understand the material, yep. really well. Uh, and I think, yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong directorially with what she's done um, across all three films. Mm. And I think I think they they work really well on that front. Uh, yeah, there's a similar, really un- unsettling scene, a couple in a row actually, because then everything's after they they have that panning shot of her being watched by the the entire town. We find out that the food's rotten. Yeah. And the dead, the dog's hung in the well. Yep. Which is very striking stuff. And then we get that really unsettling scene of the pastor who's just knocked over his congregation and fucking picked their eyeballs out. Yeah. And his own. And he's fucking mumbling something about, I can, I, I can see now, I can see. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was some really, really eerie shit. Yeah. Yeah, that was done pretty well, really. Yeah. Solid across the board. Now, you, we mentioned the twist. Mm-hmm. We'll, we're going to spoil it. Yeah, yeah, of course. We've spoiled, spoiled the whole all the other series. ones. So. Although it's not a super, you know, I wasn't blown away. 
by the fact that Solomon was actually the guy who started it all. Mm. I just liked it. I think I thought it was a nice little touch that yeah. Sarah wasn't really a witch. And look, it made sense. You know, we got the sense from almost the first film that, hey, there's something to the shady side versus Sunnyvale thing yep. that's got to essentially be that there was either a deal made with the witch or that the curse is on Shady's side. Mm. And naming a character in, in this sort of stuff, good, always kind of puts the spotlight on there. I mean, that's yeah. that's classic <laughs> R.L. Stein sort yeah. of stuff. But, as I said, they worked through two movies with some misdirections and things like that. So when we got there, I was like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I had, it hadn't it. stuck out enough. No, that's right. Like a flashing light to have me going, oh, well, that was pretty cheap. And the way they handled it in part two was actually pretty good, especially when you go back to the lines and you assume that he's, he's talking about the, the policing mm. stuff. And yeah. they kind of tie it into, no, he's talking about the curse. Yeah, and um, the so, idea that he, we saw him as a youth. Yeah. And we saw this sort of nice guy. You know, he became a, 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 a an ally. Yeah. Ziggy, who was the outcast. And so we didn't, we thought that he was a good guy. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we, uh, we might go back and watch the second one at some point and think, shit, how did we miss this? Yeah. But in the moment, I feel like because of the way that they were handling the relationships between the characters. It was pretty good. Yeah. They handled it pretty well. Um, the part where it kind of hit me was. When you know someone's watching the two girls. Yeah. And my thought was, it's him. And that, you know, very quickly after that, they kind of established that and then we move forward with it. Yeah. And yeah, I was I was pretty happy with that. I was happy that they attempted to to do all these swerves throughout and I feel for the most part, they, they nailed some of them pretty yeah, well. I think so. I think if you, uh, if you look at it as a whole, they've done a pretty good job. Um, Absolutely. Sarah having a hand ripped off. Ah. Yeah, pretty Jesus. ugly. Pretty ugly. <laughs> God. Yeah. I hate that shit too because when <laughs> where things are tearing and stuff like that. Yeah. Look, I like a bit of gore, but ugh, that sort of stuff. It's like when someone gets their arm broken. Like, yeah, it's yeah. the best. You're too close yeah. to home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels a bit too real for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like it. Was, it, was, it was a good way to showcase how she lost her hand mm. um, and all that kind of stuff. I come back to what I said before. The relationship between Sarah and Hannah, although already established in the first film, those same two characters, yeah. similar characters, played by the same two actresses. Yep. But they they did a decent enough job to create that character, the, the two of them as a, a, a couple in this one. And then when she takes the fall to save Hannah, basically, yeah. she says that I did it. There's a bit of poignancy to it. Yeah, it actually pretty tragic. has a little bit of weight. It does, and it sort of ties into the kind of stuff they're doing, just very low-level stuff, a little bit of sort of, you know, message about discrimination and yeah. and the way that minorities are treated and social social sort of standing and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I thought that was one of the stronger parts of the movie as well. It's pretty, yeah. pretty tragic and sort of served to wrap up some of this stuff that we'd been building for the three films, but then we know that it's not wrapped up. It kind of yeah. just it kind of just sort of um enlarges the stakes for the yes. modern day again. Yeah. Because you kind of see it builds those two characters that are still gonna be there when we get back to nineteen ninety four. Yeah, agreed. 
And um, I really like the whole speech she gives him about, you'll never get rid of me. Yeah. I'll never leave you. Yep. Yeah, I thought that stuff was really cool. Uh, Small touch very soon after that, but I really loved how it snapped into 1994 Part 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was was where we got a little bit more of that, you know, that nods to the films that were being sort of uh, pointed to in in 1 and 2. Yeah, I liked that. I liked that a lot, actually. And I like the fact that, look, the movie sent, like, I'm looking at the, the, the time of it and I'm thinking two hours? Jesus Christ. But they spent an hour in 66. Yep. Or a bit over an hour in 66 and then cut back to 94. Yep. And came home with a, a flourish. So it was 40-odd minutes in 94. So mm-hmm. I felt like I was seeing an extension, like another extension of the first film, which I enjoyed. Yes. So I was happy to be back there. Like I was kind of happy to be back there. Yeah, same. <laughs> Bringing back the janitor, bloke. Yeah. Generated some laughs. Yeah, he was pretty good. Especially him using one of them fart, fart <laughs> machines. He comes up beside him and goes, <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I laughed. Yep. I tittered like a buddy's <laughs> child. <laughs> yeah, no, he was good. And yeah. he was, he was uh, yeah, I thought it was a, it was a, I mean, story wise, there was parts of me that are like, why is he here other than the security doors? Yeah, it didn't but, really, he didn't really bring a lot to the table. Yeah, in but in terms of, like you said, another character to get behind, he was another sort of, yeah, he was an entertaining presence that you liked. You, you were happy yeah, to have him around. exactly. So I was happy to have him back. When they trapped the four killers by closing the security gates, I thought that was good. And then they pour the infected blood and paint over Nick mm-hmm. and then set him loose. Yes. I thought that was cool. A nice touch, yep. I like, I like the way that that infected blood then comes into play and the killers basically take each other on. Yeah, it was kind of a bit of a, it was, you know, a minute or two of kind of Royal Rumble yeah, type I, sort of I, shit. Yeah, I kind of dug all that too. I thought yeah, that was I like really that. Good. I like that. And overall, the finale's great fun. Yeah, I felt it was a satisfying end for yeah. the sheriff. I thought it was, like you said, a lot of fun. The way that it went out, it was pretty down the line, but enjoyable. Yeah, we didn't get a lot of swerves at the end. Yeah, but that was okay. I was I was comfortable with that because all I wanted was a nice, breezy, exciting, and fun finale. And yeah, and moving nice. through the time periods and the ancestors and stuff, it did kind of build up to this. Right, mm. we want him to. We want him to get the payback for all that shit that's been been done, and that. I had, to laugh. I had to laugh when they give us a quick montage of him and his ancestors. Yeah, and yeah, one of them yeah. fucking sporting the worst mustache <laughs> ever. <laughs> he looked like Dick Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, come yeah, on. Yeah. Use a different actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do something. Um, and my final, which is my favourite, I felt was my favourite callback to the whole, the books, was the stab-proof vest. That yeah. she made out of Fear Street out of books. books. Yeah, I thought that, that was, was cool. really cool. Again, it's something that we've seen, but the fact that it was all the books, you'd seen her carrying the books and didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. And then, yeah, when that happened. I liked it. I thought it was a fantastic way to sort of end it. Yeah. Is to come back to the way we started it, which was opening on the one of the books. Yep. Now we end it with that happening, and I thought it was a really cool idea. Yep. That's it for me, likes-wise. What about you? No, that's pretty much, yeah, pretty much what I had as well. You, we're pretty. Uh, we're in a line, alignment, alignment there. there. Dislikes, accents. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Inconsistent, I think, is generous. <laughs> yeah, well, you you can get along with, like, some differences in the accent between two people, but yeah. then when the same person's ripping out something and then they see how different they did a couple of minutes ago, yeah. <laughs> it's and a bit I harder to that, follow. Um, and they also play a little bit fast and loose with that. There's probably some wording and shit that wouldn't have been around. Yeah, back then. and that stuff. You had I'm to not play s- with that, I guess. Didn't I'm you? not too not too fussed about that, but yeah, the, it was kind of uh, obviously it was a challenge. The up and down <laughs> accent wise, we we had a bit of a problem. Yeah, but I don't think that hurt. <laughs> again. But on the John Lithgow scale, oh, fuck, <laughs> it's not Lithgow. It's probably, it's probably Lithgow, only it's Australian accent. Yeah, but it's, it's only moderate. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's not at the bottom. It's. It's quite slow, that first hour. The the, the, 60, not, the 1666 stuff is quite slow. It doesn't have any banging set pieces like the other films had. Yeah. Right? So the other films had set pieces where you could get, you know, gory chases and stuff going on. It just doesn't have any of that, which slows things down. Yeah. It helps it's... the atmosphere because it's not really trying to... Force the pace. Yeah, I tell you. So, so I guess my issue with the sort of slow nature of it was, I expected it to an extent because of the story. Obviously, we knew we were there to get this story, but I felt like the way that it was going, we would get a couple of kills in there, mm. and we did, but only something that had already taken place. Yeah, and really, it was a fairly minor part of it. I thought maybe we would get. You know, something going on at the Rager or something. You would just get a shadowy figure doing doing the deed, and that could have fit in with what was going on. Yeah, true. But we didn't get that, and it was as you said, it was it, it did slow down at touches. So yeah, I, I would I would agree with your sentiments there. Yeah, and it's the least accessible portion of the film mm. because it doesn't have the touch points and the nostalgia and the things that we as fans of what the first two movies had in store. Yeah. It doesn't have any of that. I so guess what it you was... get you get caught with is it's slower and it has no nostalgic bits for you. Yeah. One positive, no mic drops. No, no. <laughs> and it worked better at the end to get that little bit of oasis and stuff yeah, like that yeah, because exactly. you didn't have it all, have the, way it all the way through. But it means that for that that 1666 portion is slower and has none of that touch points for you. So if you are willing to go along with it or the atmosphere wasn't for your liking, it would have been a tough, tough bit of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that... So it fits in with some of that Fear Street book stuff. Because there is um, series, parts of the, 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 the book series that's got like, you know, three... Three books about witches and yeah, and there. Stuff. If I'm not mistaken, there it is based around a similar sort of setup that it was a something that happened a long time ago. Mm. I, I don't think again, my memory might be off here, but I don't think it was Sarah Fear, but I think it was a family called Fear. Yeah, they were. So, I mean, that stuff. RL can't fits. tell you because right. <laughs> no, no, that's right. <laughs> uh, but uh, I might ask someone at his company or whatever. <laughs> you can point me in the direction of who wrote this one so I can ask some questions. So that in itself fits, but I think what happened was they set it, set us up with these slasher, like you said, they gave us almost this sort of, all this, this hang it, a fucking hang thing, hang it off. Hmm. It was 
the the kind of scream era of yeah. slashes, and then the Friday the Thirteenth. So we kind of expected a little bit of that somewhere. The pastor, as, really as, as you said before, could have been roaming through the rage. Yeah, or something. You know, something could have happened to that effect. Just to give us a little bit of that in amongst the story, I don't think it would have taken away from what was going no, on. No, of course not. I don't think so at all. So um, yeah, but it, yeah, it's it, your your enjoyment hinges on <laughs> your enjoyment of that section probably hinges on the fact that you can buy into the slow build and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I essentially did, but understood that I there were period points where I was like, we probably need to hurry this up. Yeah, um, I mean, let's go full slasher. More stiffies, more rages. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna lie. I'd prefer less stiffies. <laughs> but more rages if we can get down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I could have done with a, a 1666 version of, you know, the bike that's. that's I mean, essentially, that was him. <laughs> the 1666 version of some bike that was, you know, whipping out the weed, <laughs> <laughs> pestering some bird to have a root. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Who then gets his fucking throat cut and the bloody out in the woods while he's taking a piss? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that could That's have been right. perfect. The character develop- development is limited, as you said. Yeah. Because they just fall back on the previous sort of roles. Yep. So they say, okay, well, you kind of know this actor anyway. And we're giving them a kind of similar role. And I think that was okay for the main two. Yes. The main two girls, because that, that relationship was pretty strong throughout. It didn't work for some of the minor players. No, and this was this was one of my issues. Like, as soon as that sort of trailer came along at the end of 78, it was like, okay, this has really piqued my interest, that they're bringing all of the characters back. Yeah. But some of them, I mean, especially Sadie Sink. Yeah, she's barely in it. The brother. Yeah. It's, they're essentially cameos. And I'm, I feel like that's okay if you want to go for that shock value. But really none of those other supporting ones really got anything to do. The cheerleader and Simon, like they, yeah. they didn't get much other than, as you said, after the, the hanging takes place, there's that sort of poignant thing of all the outcasts. Yeah. Kind of getting together, all those characters that, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was kind of the inverse. All the characters that had been killed were there, saying we've got to take her. What somewhere about the girl that in the second film who was down in the cabin with? Yeah, she. Just, she I didn't see her. I didn't see her either. So that that was kind of what was a little bit off for me. Mm. I felt like you you gave it to us that that we're gonna kind of keep fleshing these characters out here and, yeah, and really kind of... It. And it didn't really finish it off for us. No. So, yeah, I, I was I was totally open to a couple of those characters being killed again yeah. <laughs> for that shock value. Yeah, exactly. Especially the brother, because I thought with Dina and her brother that they would be in 1666 going through this part together yeah. because they were going to be back in, in 94. So when he's one of the, the kids that gets killed... Yeah. That could have been a really nice little shock moment as well. Yeah, it could have. I just felt, yeah, it all it all just kind of happened and you were like, well, shit. Especially Sadie Singh. We're like, we've seen her say, I want to come to the party. And then she's dead. It's like, okay, so what's she doing in there? Yeah. That yeah. was a bit, yeah. A bit that off. didn't really work. Just quietly, like Evil Dead, when you find a fucking strange book in a woman's lair... Don't read it. Don't read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's found in human flesh and written in blood, 
I'm fucking just, tucking under the new fucking head. Where's those berries? Can. Thank you. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> yeah. You do not fucking read it. I mean, okay? you get out as quick as you can, but you have to have the berries because yeah. we need to have the rage. Of course. <laughs> I've got a rage to get to. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got time to read this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, don't open it and don't fucking read it. Yeah, especially it's when in you a see... witch's alleged witch's lair. Yeah. I mean, it's, as soon as you walk in the door, it's not fucking alleged. <laughs> it's fucking pretty clear. Yeah, there's fucking animal carcasses and your yeah. favourite there's a fucking head or two in the corner fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's right I'm going look I've stepped into the wrong home yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry I don't see book and say oh fuck I better have a read of this yeah, yeah. especially when you flick to the page it's got a little kind of goat headed Satan <laughs> oh alright <laughs> I don't need to read the names yeah, to, to yeah, get yeah. what that is mm, this is a bit too heavy for me <laughs> Yeah, oh, I've got other places to go. <laughs> That's right. I've got a rager to get to. And then I turn around and knock a few things over <laughs> on the way out. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Like, you don't happen to have any kind of spells to <laughs> get rid of that. Do you? You, don't, you don't fucking have, have you know, like, you know, double pot. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Witch's, witch's robe I can yeah. wrap a around. robe you. I can wear? This was one of my... Sort of, I chuckled a little bit. The good family has put this sort of curse in place, and 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 got whatever they wanted. Yeah, what they wanted was to be the sheriff and the mayor, the small town <laughs> sheriff. I yeah. would like more than that, thank you. If yeah, I'm going yeah. to commit fucking homicide, have people. Turn people into homicidal maniacs. Yeah, I mean, if I'm making the wishes, you, I come on TV. And it's like Ric Flair. I'm, <laughs> I'm in there with my suits. I'm talking about wheeling and dealing, and, woo, and then I'm off. I'm not the sheriff. I'm, yeah. like, I'm driving along in my fucking stretch limo with my ladies and getting into the bloody private jets and stuff. Yeah, I'm not becoming the sheriff of the place. Yeah. In fact, I'm fucking washing my hands of the area. So I tell you, what I thought was going to happen was. I thought they were going to kill Nick and it was actually going to be the mayor because he seemed to have what they wanted. Yeah, big house. So I thought he was going to be the one that was was doing it. Was it him who gets hit by the car in the at the end? No, I don't think it was him. Again, I had a bit of a chuckle at that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, always do. I, could have been a steamroller. Would have been funnier, oh, but... oh, that would have been much funnier if it was a child. It gets fucking run over by it. But, yeah. You bastard. <laughs> Jesus. But that was It just curious. seemed like a fairly innocuous outcome for them. And especially given that you still... I mean, I know Shady, shady Side's got to be your sort of sacrificial lamb. You need to be close proximity, but we're not organising football games and shit. I'm saying that. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> we only come there when we need to. <laughs> exactly. So it just felt like a little bit lightweight. Yeah. The sort of the outcomes for them. I mean, I get... The thing for me is it makes sense that they were in the positions of power. Yeah, okay, I agree. And I guess putting him in in a police thing might be sort of, again, going into those sort of commentaries that they're very lightly touching on. I get the feeling that perhaps that that might be the cause of it. But again, I thought the sheriff and the mayor fit, if the mayor's controlling things, that the sheriff's going out and cleaning shit up for him. Yeah, well, that 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 probably made a little more sense. But yeah, I, I had similar questions. I want more. Yeah. 
for my uh, where's, nefarious where's, bullshit. Where's Rick Flair good in this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coming in. Where is he? Drunk and <laughs> drunk, <laughs> uh, commandeering planes, walking around with no nothing on under his robe. Yeah, well, that would have been him at the Rage, wouldn't it? <laughs> Put your fucking Hessian pants back on, you bozo. <laughs> All right, look, my last dislike. Using the blood again yeah. to lure the killers. It just, I know it was it was probably necessary in a sense, but it was old the second time they did it in the first movie. Like, by the time we got to this, it was very old. Yeah. Like, you know, come on. They is did, isn't there another way to handle it? They were more creative with the use of it, which yes. I'll, I'll give, them, give them points for that, but... Yeah, I felt a little bit of a little bit of that. It's so. just sort of the same, treading treading back to the same sort of shit. And were they inconsistent with it again? Oh, I think. Tell so. me. So the part that I'm talking about is the cops sort of stopping their plan, and then and then they're killed. But then they were killed. But they didn't have blood on them, did they? Yeah, no. So not as far as I was aware. Yeah, I know one of them. One of them. That's what shoots, I thought. Um, one of them shoots the shoots one of the killers, yeah, and then he turns around and gets him. But I was sort of like, but the whole idea was if it wasn't your blood, yeah, they, they were just they were they were not on. interested in you. Yeah, so I didn't. It I wasn't didn't, the cursed blood. Like. I thought I must have missed something when when the policeman got got killed because no. I was just sort of like, okay, well, unless aren't they not in doing that. Like a pile of dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but... Usually you're not killed. <laughs> well, it depends yeah. on where you have to be yeah, walking well, yeah. straight I, after. I've returned to my home with some dog shit on my shoe before and, and probably was angle. close to being killed <laughs> as I dragged it through the house. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. So fair. It's a, it's a fair sort of parallel to draw there. Oh, shit, yeah, okay. No, I missed that. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just felt it was a little lazy. Yeah. Just sort of falling back on the same way of dealing with the killers. Yep. It just, it just felt like, okay, so there's nothing else? Yeah. There's no other way we can work this out? Yeah. I just, yeah, I... I Again, like I said, it was the, it was the fact that they got a bit more creative with how they used it that I was I, I gave it a bit of a pass, but I did I did sort of think think the same sort of thing. Yeah, a couple of the naming things. Again, I said this is keeping with R.L. Stein, especially if you're in Goosebumps territory. <laughs> but sometimes the naming is just on the nose. Yeah, like Sheriff Good was okay, but you know the place being called Union before we're Shady Side and Sunnyvale and. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes that was a bit much. Come on, RL. Yeah. Clean up your act. Especially when they start talking about survivors with their face to the sun, and I'm like, okay, we get it. Sunny Vale, shady yeah. side, we get it. Like, uh, um, is he still riding? Oh, fuck. Is he, when is he not riding? I think he's still fucking. The guy rides on the fucking toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you now, I can't do that. <laughs> he knocks out. Uh, obviously, they're very short. Like, the books are very. They're not Stephen are you King. talking about Goosebumps. Yeah, Goosebumps especially. That's what he's mainly doing now, I think, and he's they're, they're quite short. About 120 um, pages? 
Yeah, 120 to 150. Yeah, big, 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 big double spaced. Yeah, big font. <laughs> big font. Yeah. It's not Stephen King knocking up six pages of very small <laughs> text <laughs> in a day. I remember OP page one of it and going, oh, fuck. Twelve hundred of this. Jesus Christ. I was like, oh, shit. It's like reading the Bible. Yeah. It was just crammed in there. I was like, oh, shit, Stephen. Yeah. This better be fucking worth it. Yeah. I feel um, RL, like, obviously, he, it's quicker to punch out 150 than, <laughs> than a King 150. Is, is there still, like, hundreds of Goosebumps, Paul? Yeah. Are you sure they're not just re, re-releases? No, well, they do re-release them, but he's doing ones, I think they're called, there's ones at the moment called Slappy World that are seem to be coming out as new releases, so... Again, he's recycling ideas and characters, <laughs> but but he's still. I don't think. I think the last time RL had a, an original idea was in the nineties. <laughs> it's like a Mad Lib. He just picks out his character names and just. He's got like a dartboard. <laughs> throws a few darts. And goes all right. There we go. But yeah, he's still he's still punching them out quite frequently. He seems to get a whole bunch out fairly quickly. Look, I'm not knocking the man's um. He has got a, a vivid imagination. It's obvious that he is able to churn out these stories. Yeah. It's just that they're, a lot of them aren't nuanced. It's just, you know, pop it on the page. But it's for kids. Yeah. You don't need nuance. You don't need to go that deep. There you go. I just got a quote from the bloke. Oh, I treat it like a job and write 2,000 words five to six times a week. Five to six times a week. So, Sorry. So hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. You and five to six other people write <laughs> yeah, 2,000 yeah. words a day. Oh, sorry, I meant five to six people a week knock out 2,000 words for me. 2,000 words? What's that in pages, do you reckon? Oh, in those pages, it's probably about 50. <laughs> <laughs> he writes an entire book in three days. <laughs> no, no, look. It'd probably... Well, he gets... I reckon he'd be getting four to five Goosebumps books out in a year pretty easily. Yeah, okay. At his peak. Well, that's maybe. not too bad. Well, you know what I mean? Like, that's not outrageous. No, no. I mean, King does five books a year. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Recently, the black seems to be putting down five books a year. So, yeah. fuck, if he's doing it with his minuscule, <laughs> you know, no, minuscule font and, uh, you know. King, King, King goes like two to three, but one of them's a, a collection of short stories because he knows there's going to be a fucking bidding war on each story. It's not going to be, I'll, I'll buy the rights to that book because I'll, be, I'll buy the rights from page one to 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, well, it's just him sort of softening up his, his TV and film area by just getting it out. But look, Stein obviously is prolific. His ideas lack nuance, but they're for kids now. Yeah. Even the Fear Street ones at their peak were very kid-friendly. Well, they're, yeah, they're, they're the kind of teenage one, but essentially it's the same sort of stuff, just with people getting killed. Yeah, a couple of people Because Goosebumps, that stuff doesn't happen Oh, and there's that much. kind of low-level romantic drama that's in that shit. You say RL gets into a bit of smut occasionally. <laughs> no. <laughs> so so the, the stiffy part RL. fit right in. RL is not a not a peddler to the stiffy brigade. <laughs> <laughs> he, what I mean is, yeah, they're always crapping on about, you know, oh, I'm, dating, I'm, I'm dating this guy. I'm having problems with him and, and I'm, you know, there's a love triangle. That's the sort of thing that was yeah, in those yeah, books. Yeah. 
And it was the same in the point thrillers. Fifty Shades of Fear or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, that kind of low level <laughs> stuff. And, and that's that's not in Goosebumps, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. He also mentioned that he purposely writes thin characters. Purposely? Did you know that? Is that true? He, he said I purposely write thin characters so that whoever's reading it can put themselves in that read it as if you're you know, you put yourself in the story. But that's one person. I mean, the rest of them are thin as well, isn't it? <laughs> They're all thin. I feel Come like on. I write thin characters so when one of my four or five ghost writers writes one, you can't tell. Because <laughs> there's no... <laughs> oh, yeah, underdeveloped character. Must be R.L. Stoppers. <laughs> yeah, R.L., don't give me that shit. I mean, just... <laughs> No, look, you're writing for kids. We know there's a method to it. You're writing for kids. You know he did write an actual novel? (laughs) So you're telling me. No, he did. An actual adult novel. Right. It was called Superstitions. Mm. It was was reviewed in Fangoria and absolutely fucking ripped to shreds. They said it was trash. Good. Absolute trash. But I think it was called Superstitions. I'm not 100% sure. I never read it. Characters were too thin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't get behind it. <laughs> couldn't see yourself in it at all. Not at all. Couldn't relate to it. No, the characters were so, so thin. I saw myself in every. <laughs> yeah, this isn't working for me. Of everybody. <laughs> yeah, RL, look. Don't give me that. Just, just come out. I'm serious. Just come out and say, look, I'm writing for children. These. <laughs> What are you trying to say? I'm writing for children. These characters They're don't idiots. need to be. I don't care. <laughs> the characters don't need to be well nuanced. It doesn't need to be well written. <laughs> well, he's pretty much saying that by saying, "Oh, look, I deliberately write these characters with no, no fucking discernible characteristics, unless you, unless you, I'm telling you about what colour their fucking hair is or something. That's the only thing he has." Holy shit, RL. <laughs> Get out of the game. <laughs> Who needs to write detailed characters when you sell 200 million copies yeah, I know, or 400 million thing. copies or whatever? RL, just admit it. You make shit, you write shit, but it's, it's, it's well, well received and popular shit. <laughs> You just need to keep the wheel turning. I mean, Ariel, you had me for fucking five years in my teens with that shit. Hey, look, Ariel, he knows where his bread's buttered. He's not a silly man. He knows that, you know, Goosebumps is where it's at. Yeah, look, we've been kicking him, but some of those stories are actually pretty good. Yeah. As I said, watching a couple of... There's particular episodes of the TV series which are mostly based on the books where... The better ones wouldn't be out of place as a kind of a, you know, a mid-tier Twilight Zone yeah, kind of story. Yeah, agree. The worst ones, I mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> good, shit. Good bit of character, yeah, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, honestly. RL, his stuff is at a certain level. Yeah. Right? So you... It's not at adult level, apparently, according to Fangoria. According to Fangoria, no. They were thoroughly unenthused with his his only adult work. I believe it was his only adult work. Look, again, I I didn't read it. But they said it was written like a Fear Street book. Okay. And so RL stuff is at a certain level, so you have to accept that when when you're getting his, his books. Yeah. 
And I I like the fact that this three pack of films kind of took the basic stuff. Yeah. Shady Side, Sunnyvale, The Curse, The Fear Street, The Fear Family, and then did something with it that yeah. was outside of what. Do you think that RL approached them with some ideas? They just went, listen, mate, we want listen, characters that you can understand. We bought the rights. We want we human buy, characters. We didn't mate. buy input and feedback, yeah, yeah, RL. Yeah. Um, yeah, did you read your contract? <laughs> You're not supposed to be talking. Uh, here's, a, here's another bag of cash. Just go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the only time Netflix have intervened. On like, Get the fuck out of here, will you? No. Look, <laughs> I mean, well, he was this pretty film, happy with these it. films. Have got characters. <laughs> yeah, I think. Look, he was pretty happy with them. Was I he? Imagine he? Yeah. Well, yeah, when he's fucking cash register goes kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Of course what he's was fucking that? happy. You know, 20 Fear Street books are back in print. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sounds good. Okay, um, how did it go? Oh, yeah, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I think that's pretty much all my dislikes, bar the Konami code. I didn't like when he came and I talked about I liked the it. idea of I liked that. I like the idea of that, but it just seemed really clumsy when he just kind of fumbled out and said, oh, it's the Konami code. I just thought, that is just total, that's where you're looking at the time period and saying I've got to stuff something in that fits the time yeah, period. Yeah, a bit of fan service. But, yeah, I guess going on to that Honestly, next point. Honestly, it went point. straight over my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, going And how come I didn't point. know about this in 94? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I didn't know about it too late. The fucking Turtles game was kicking my ass. <laughs> I didn't know about the fucking Konami code back then. I, I had a couple of NBA Jam secret characters and things like that, but I could have done with the Turtles one, that's <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I think that the, the way that they've gone about it is... Really good. I'm still having seen all three of them. Would you welcome another three? Absolutely. Three but going back to the conversation we spoke about last week with the little the the stuff going on while the credits were rolling. Yeah. It's basically just set it up to do exactly what we what we were kind of we spoke about some of it in episode two and some of it just between ourselves, but it's set up to do exactly what they want to do now. They yeah. could do another three. They could drop a single. They could do whatever they want. Mm. They've just they've shown those, you know, the pair of hands taking the book. Yep. And you can just run with that exactly like you did in the book. This is set on Fear Street. Doesn't necessarily have to play out, you know. As attached to those other yeah. three films. But the next one might say, okay, who stole, who stole the book and who is it now? And we might have a two to three film thing to go with that. But if you don't want to do that, you just drop another one. Obviously, that's going to be dictated by how many people watched it. I would have thought it did all right. I would think so. It seemed like it was... I mean, the first ones did. I didn't see these ones popping up in our top tens in Australia yet. No. So I don't know You know what sort of impact... I don't know what the, the, the figures will be, and we won't know unless they're awesome. Netflix never really tells us unless they're big numbers. So I don't think they'll be big numbers, but I think it'll be big enough to warrant some further development. Well, look, I mean, they I didn't think... cost you six underground dollars. <laughs> so... Well, it didn't cost you that new one that The Rock's doing. No. So at a dollar for dollar... Yeah, you're probably going to end up all right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy, and I'm happy to see another another go-round if they go that way. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it be a standalone film or whether it be another three-pack series. But... Yeah, well, you can do all sorts of stuff. You can do... I could see an anthology film. Of, you know, three or four stories in one film. I could see another thing like this where we tie a bunch of 
interconnected films together. I could see a single film. Like, they've, they've, they've just sort of... They can do what they want with it now. They can copy the format of the books. The books and, did, and did similar to that. You, you're not going to spend a lot of money on this stuff. No. So you might cash in on the IP just by attaching the name to a couple of kind of cheap... Cheap slashes or cheap, you know... I'll take a Supernatural stories. Too, if you're interested. But if they're done at this kind of quality, if, you, if you're going to go and find a director with a bit of talent like that, who'll do it for the right price? Yep. I feel I'd be very happy to, to delve back into it. Go for it. Bring so them on. definitely want to make. Yeah, so it definitely held my attention. I think I'd be very happy to, to see more of it. Yeah. If it was out there. All right, that's the Fear Street Saga, part three. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrillme Podcast Australia, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, and Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Rate and review us on iTunes and Podomatic to help us get the word out. And keep an eye on the Facebook page for more details of our next film. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.